This week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Pirates of Darkwater, episode 19, Sister of the Sword. Ay, chungo chapongo. Seriously? You didn't go with Norwegian Tot? Oh, I, I guess we'll have to vote to keep it and try again next time. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, the podcast that asks <laughs> if a monkey bird eats a puka luka pie in Undar, can Kunda hear him scream, Ah, Chongo! My name's Adam. The answer is yes. My name's Matt. My, my name's David. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Derek. I did spend about 20 minutes today putting together that, that intro. Oh, yeah. Combing through the... Uh, I could hear your Pirates sweat. Water dictionary. I could hear your sweat and labor yeah. as you... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as you pounded those words. Yeah. I could see you I could see you just be like what rhymes with orange? The other one I have is uh cry Maktoi and unleash the dargons of war. Uh yeah, yeah. The dagrons of war. So, yeah. But uh I'll save that for next time. That'll be for the next one. Cuz we're definitely keeping to this. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Put my foot down. I'm very interested to hear Derek's reaction to this. To this episode? Yeah, to this show and this episode. I've got I've got some thoughts. But first, let's Marin. Let's let's have much Marin. How's everybody doing? I have peanut butter mousse cake, so I'm doing fucking great. Well, that's great. excellent. Also, I spent all day today driving a goddamn U-Haul across New York City, and um, I hate every person. Ever. Wow, that's aggressive. Yeah, but particularly if you were driving, <laughs> if you were driving on the um, West Side Highway between uh, noon and one and four one, four p.m., fuck you in particular. How long did it take you to get from point A to point B? Oh, it wasn't that bad. We were driving up to the West Side, so it's always really a it's it's a hassle, and it's it's the day Memorial Day weekend. So oh, gotcha. It's a nightmare. So it took us about. Three hours to go, roughly twenty-five miles. Oh, holy God, shit! That sucks. Yeah. Well, you're also contending with the writer strikes too. Maybe. I mean, it could have affected us. How does the writer strike affect New York City traffic? No, I think it's just because they're walking around the blocks and kind of like diverting some of the foot traffic. Gotcha. They were holding up just blank signs because yeah. they won't write anything on them. I thought that was pretty clever, actually. Were they doing that? I just made that up. No, no, they weren't doing that. There was a lot that were, they were holding up blank signs. That's actually yeah. very funny. I enjoyed that very much. You know what I don't appreciate, though? When they go up and try to drop manhole covers from uh, the covered walkways and to kill people in their cars. that That's less great. Yeah, I know. Writers do that all the time, right? It's like a rite of passage. I think like all the folks on John Oliver's show. Each one has to kill a bridge and tunnel person. Well, that, yeah, that's how you get on the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me, but, you know, I'm a Seattleite, so. Yeah, yeah. You guys are, you're all bridge and tunnel people, right? Do you guys even have tunnels? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the viaduct got sunk below the city. I thought that's where the evil second city was. No, that's where the evil original city was. Yeah. We're, we're, the, we're the evil second city. Right. Okay, I get it. Dirty day breathers. Yeah. Yeah, those were like Filthy. sea people that lived in the first city. They were sea people. Drunk on power. And bourbon. Uh, yeah, it was pretty sure it was mostly bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't that drunk on power. They're mostly drunk on disgusting rye whiskey. Uh, I mean, did they have rye whiskey back then? I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's all they had, actually. That's it. Rye whiskey and what's the other one? Absinthe. Those are the only two. They had back <laughs> Those then. are the only yeah. two drinks. 
They're like, oh, I'm, and, I'm making a like little light. Opium. I'm making a light night. I'll have a little opium and a little <laughs> and a little absinthe tonight. Thank you. I got to turn so, it early. Adam, did you did you ever do the uh, the Seattle Underground tour? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you do the the like the adult themed one? Where they told you the seedy side of the si- the city. Maybe I don't recall. I remember learning a bunch of seedy stuff in the city, but then it might just be because I've been there for a while. Yeah, so. I, I so we went, and a lot of the stuff was like there were hookers, and you're like, all right, whatever, fuck it. But the best story I learned, <laughs> you were you were like, uh, from where specifically now? <laughs> yeah, so here's a, here's a story about hookers. So what happened is Seattle was just essentially a logging and a mining town uh, on the West Coast, and the federal government was going to build a railroad up and down the West Coast, and all these towns were essentially making their claim to the federal government, like, hey, we are a viable place uh, that you want to put a railroad stop. And so the mayor of Seattle went to all the brothels, and before the federal government came, he went to all the madams and he said, hey, we're going to essentially pose like we have a women's college here, the, what is now the University of Washington. And so I'm going to pay for all your prostitutes for the two or three days that the federal government is in town to pose as students at this women's college. Sure, And right. they had the buildings and everything. And then when the federal government came, they're like, look at the women's college. And the federal <laughs> government bit off on it. And then they put the rail stop in Seattle. And that's really kind of what put Seattle on the map. He was like, I'm going to pay for all your uh, all your prostitutes. And they're like, how's that different from any other weekend, Mr. Mayor? You filthy. They just uh, don't uh, have uh. to take fucking, like, two to three yards worth of dick. They just don't have to <laughs> peg me. Yikes. Get it? That joke is all about everybody having short wieners. <laughs> Wasn't one of the um, prostitutes... Like one of the most famous prostitutes in Seattle around that time frame, also a man. Like he was a crossdresser. Back for the days of like trans folks. Ooh, I don't know. I might have gotten that conflated with a fella named Harry Allen. Harry Allen, which was uh, a man who was born woman in 1882. Born different. As no pickerel, uh, identified as male and started to call themselves Harry Allen, and apparently was like one of the toughest sons of bitches this side of the Rockies. So, mm. well, we're on opposite sides of the Rockies. So, I'm going to assume it's all over every side of the Rockies. Let's make jokes. <laughs> Let's make jokes. Lock up your daughters. Harry's coming to town. Harry's coming to Canada town. Harry's coming to Frog Town. Lock up your daughters. <laughs> Lock up your tadpoles. Harry's coming to town. Apparently a bunch of women uh, were falling in love with, with Harry. He probably knew what women wanted, to be honest. All right, I'm going to go back to the beginning of this article and just start reading it verbatim into the microphone. For please, David. please David. do not do it. Damn you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fine. We're going to get a new Adam. We're going to kick you off the podcast and get a new one. Chonga Longa. You think, you think you're not replaceable? Oh, I know I'm replaceable. I, I, we said it last time. David is working out the code for Chat GTP, so he can just replace us with AI versions of us. <laughs> All he needs to do is harvest our larynxes, and he'll be done. Oh God, that sounds great. Okay, I could just have infinite podcasts of myself. <laughs> that sounds like hell. Just every day, just David's replacing another podcast with me in it. Ugh. That sounds horrible. Exactly. <laughs> I have to listen to my own goddamn voice telling me jokes I would have already made. 
I think that's where we're heading, actually. I think that's exactly where this writer strike has taken us. So, <laughs> oh crap! Does this make us scabs if we if we write down our jokes beforehand? Oh shit! I did write stuff out for this. Damn it! Oh I'm my god! You are. Oh, oh dude, you're the worst. Fuck. You are. Jason Manzukis is gonna come and break your legs. He is. Yep. He is. But it's gonna be cool because I'm gonna enjoy it. But you know. Okay, you're okay. Jason Stukas? Nice! There you go. What's it like to be in that show you're in? What's he in? <laughs> Manzuka. That show about the coach? No, maybe? that's that's a different person. Oh, Ted Lasso. Oh, I think that's Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, it's Sudeikis. Yeah. I was saying Manzukas. Mo Manzukas, gotcha. Man Mucus. I am Man Mucus. <laughs> is that is that your uh, night of, man of the mid afternoon name? Exactly, man mucus. Man of the afternoon. Mm. Oh, I man would like mucus. one. I would like one hour with man mucus, please. <laughs> mm. I'm going down your offerings, and I see here you've got man mucus on the rolls. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of afternoon. Send him to me, sight unseen. <laughs> <laughs> I shall I, be bathing in my quarters I'd like an afternoon delight with Mr. Mucus Oh my lord Wait, is he no. extra hairy? Perfect yeah. <laughs> Yes, Nothing. hairy man mucus Now that's a drag name Harry, There we go Harry man mucus, Harry man mucus. Harry man Oh, mucus. we're doing great tonight, folks They call him the Dingleberry Fine <laughs> purveyor of Blue Mountain Beans <laughs> yeah, hairy man mucus. Hairy man mucus. I love it. Next, next RPG I'm playing. What's your character's name? Hairy man mucus. Let's go. Hairy Let's man save mucus. the fucking kingdom. <laughs> did you come or did you just spit on my back? Because <laughs> it's lumpy. Lord, Lord man mucus. Thank you for saving the kingdom. <laughs> Mucus. I, I, I aspire to be Emperor Man Mucus. Ting. But you may call me Dingleberry. <laughs> it's Dingleberry to my friends. Do you think he'd have an ascot? Oh, fuck yeah. If your name is Harry Man Mucus third, call sign Drippy. Just yeah. an ascot. Just an ascot. Only an ascot. <laughs> That's it. He's always capable of whipping out a um, a monogrammed handkerchief, but you don't know where he keeps it. It is pristine, though. Oh yeah, his his hair is perfect. He is perfectly groomed. He's just wearing only a mask, an ascot, pixie boots, and somewhere between his ass cheeks, he's keeping a monogrammed handkerchief. Don't make assumptions. He could clench it anywhere. He could have it in his bean hole. <laughs> he unrolls it. <laughs> like a matador nice shakes it out well gentlemen i think we've made some disgusting jokes yeah we made some horrible jokes i believe so we've covered trans people we've insulted them we've insulted canadian mm. people we've <laughs> insulted harry man mucus jason manzukas we we both created and insulted harry man mucus mm-hmm Pirates of Darkwater. This is yeah. an American fantasy animated television series created by David Kirshner. And David Kirshner uh, was actually the head of Hanna-Barbera at the time. 
The series premiered as a five-part miniseries on Fox Kids in early 91, and then the first season, which consisted of that five-part miniseries, was 13 episodes. And then later, they aired on ABC from September to December in 1991. The second season just had eight episodes. It was aired on syndication, and I think it actually originally got picked up by Fox because ABC didn't want to spend more money on it, basically. Ah, uh, okay. So they actually did a so second the, season. I always thought there was just one. They did a second season. So it's 21 episodes in total that they managed to get out there. However, it was a very abrupt ending. They never actually finished the story because they did get basically yanked by the studio. They didn't want to actually pay for any more of it. Because at the time, I believe at the time, this was the most expensive cartoon made. This cartoon actually cost $500,000 per episode. Wow. Really? Really. And one of the things, I don't know if Matt noticed it, but you can actually, you can tell with the fluidity of the, yes. the animation. It basically used twice as many animation cells as any other property that was out at the time. So, Yes. It, you so, can tell, like, the characters are very detailed. The motion is very good. They do a lot of, like, rotoscoping where they move objects around in three dimensions, which is time-consuming. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So it looks like uh, each half-hour episode consists of 12,000 cells. So. Wow. Is that, so put that in perspective, is that a lot? Like, what? what is your, like, average 90-minute Disney movie? Oh. Like, is that oh. Like, it's hard to well, say. Well, a 90-minute Disney movie would probably be a little bit more than this. You got to compare this to a to a movie from Disney. Yeah. yeah. Comp- compared compared to other Saturday morning cartoon series, those were about six thousand cells per episode, per half okay. hour, per half hour. So oh, yeah, okay. it's usually measured in frames per second. So anime will do like sixteen or so frames per second, which shows like you can you can tell the the movement is very snappy. Film yeah. is twenty four frames per second, and a- animation usually does half that. So this might be like twenty four cells per second, or do you think this is? 12 cells. 12 cells a second? That's way low, man. Well, well, like well they shoot cells. it at the 24 frames per second frame rate, but they just keep things on twice as long as they should be. Oh, and, yeah. And sure. skip yeah. all the be- between things to save time and money. Adam, you're saying this one didn't do that and has, like, the full mm-hmm. movie frame rate. Yep, this has a full movie frame rate, basically. So... The, the idea of the entire property was actually David Kirshner's, and it was based off of a series of ideas that he had when he was a kid. And all of this was inspired by the works of Robert Louis Stevenson and the pictures of Howard Pyle and N.C. Wythe. Yep. That makes sense. So. Howard so Pyle and N.C. Wythe. These are all yeah, like. Howard Pyle and N.C. Wythe. Classic Golden Age illustrators. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, at the time, David Kirshner being the president of Hanna-Barbera, this is an entirely original IP. Like, this is all this is all shit that he came up with, yeah, he, essentially. Yeah, he peed freely. So, so it's actually very interesting that he, that he came up with and was able to see through the entire idea of the series as the chief, the chief executive officer of Hanna-Barbera. And it was... Like, the fact that he still had creative control at that point in time. It's very interesting. Yeah, and it was such a stunning success. I'm sure that it, that really contributed to his keeping his job. 
Well, well, what did was all of his other successes. So he actually came up with the properties of Rose Petal Friends and American Tale was his. Oh. Um, he also he also produced the Child's Play franchise, which was a bit of a turn from his uh, previous works. But he he did a lot of kids' movies back in the day. So so he's no got a very, like, good pedigree about him, and I think that's actually the reason why everybody went along with this for a second season was because of his. His background. And just to so. clarify, the Child's Play films were the Chucky films. Yes, the Chucky films, yeah. Yeah. The, the horror movie is about Chucky. Chucky. He's my favorite kind of Ucky. The horror films about the serial killer that, through a freak lightning accident in a doll factory, managed to possess yep. a doll. Pretty cool. Or several dolls, apparently, since he keeps coming back. It's hard to kill a doll. I guess it is kind of hard to kill a doll. Yeah. So, so all of this is to say that um, there is a pretty good fan base. There's a pretty like even right now a very active fan base about it's, Pirates of Dark. It's Water. a stretch to call them good. There is a fan base. Are they good? They're, they're, okay. <laughs> I should say there's an active fan base. Yeah, that that's like better. Yeah, yeah. Because so. I think most of them are probably trash humans. <laughs> well, you know, we're fans. So I mean, I rest my case. What it is? Um, so there has been a pretty pretty long standing call to try to make a reboot of this series. However, we know for a fact that that's not going to happen because Warner Brothers owns Hanna Barbera, ah, uh. and we all know how well Han- Warner Brothers handles beloved childhood IP. Yeah, so they pee freely. For example, just go watch the new Batgirl movie. I really hated okay. uh, um, the what you've done with the Warner Brothers cartoon properties too. Yeah, I didn't in your face. We didn't need Space Jam two. No, it was unnecessary. I mean, we it, but we didn't need it. <laughs> we were all thirsting for Babs Bunny. That was her name, right? Babs. I don't remember. Who cares? I didn't even. Uh, I believe. Uh, so. I, you know what? I haven't uh, seen either either Space Jam movie. Neither of I. I think it is. It is a well-established fact on this podcast that none of us have seen any of the Space Jam movies. Yeah, and we're saving ourselves for the podcast. We're saving ourselves for sa- for space marriage. When when David comes in and says it's time, boys, get your get your marriage tackle together. Prepare your dark water. Prepare yourselves for the space jamming. Crap! It is on the list. It is on the list. <laughs> See if you can fit this whole newspaper tube up your butthole. In preparation. Yeah. We got the gerbils. They've been crawling around in Space Jam all day. <laughs> space. They've been crawling around in Space Jam. <laughs> their their claws are all sticky with jam. Just going to shove them up those paper tubes. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to like all it. All right. So, so, the premise of this this show that we're about to watch... Uh, is that the, our main character, Rin, uh, he was a lighthouse keeper. And in the first episode, he finds out pretty much within this almost the same breath that he is an orphan. Uh, his father is the king of Octopon. Uh, he's the chosen one to save uh, Mur, the entire planet, from uh, what's called dark water, essentially like a sentient pollution that's... Uh, enveloping the the earth and that he has to go out on this quest to go find 13 treasures the 13 treasures of rule 
in order to stop the dark water. What? And apparently in that first episode, he takes it all in stride. Just like, okay, cool, let's go get this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. So he's prepared his he's he's prepared his body. Well, that's the first step of the hero's journey: accepting the quest. <laughs> yeah. First step is acceptance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> step one in the in their hero cycle: total buy-in. Oh, I love that. I love it. I think that's a T-shirt. The first step in the hero's journey is acceptance. Yeah. Trying to make it like an AA thing. I like, I like this. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. Jump right to the okay. punch. Yeah, we don't need writers. Yeah, we, we that's right. Yeah, we got we got this. Yeah, fuck you, man, mucus. <laughs> so the whole premise of the show is Ren is sailing around the alien world of Mur on a ship called the Wraith, uh, searching for the thirteen treasures treasures of rule. Uh, his loyal crew of misfits that help him are uh, an ecomancer named Tula, a monkey bird called Niddler, and a pirate called Ioz. I'm pretty okay with and, Tula. Uh, yes, yes. I'm pretty okay with her, but not the others. No, Tula's Tula, but not the. Uh, yeah, Tula seems fine. She seems like who I want to hang out with. We with, didn't see it in this episode, but I'm pretty sure Tula is like the powerhouse of the entire group because she she's, she's like the magic, magic user. Involved. Yeah, yeah. She's the glass cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but Rin is in uh, basically fighting the evil uh, pirate Bloth, who is on the warship Maelstrom, and the Maelstrom is actually like a gigantic city size ship basically and he's also trying to get the treasures of rule but i think like for his own personal usage not to use to fight the dark water yeah he's gonna put him in his butthole yep yep it's got that paper tube all set up yeah yeah just <laughs> cram him in there <laughs> so that's the premise voice acting i wanted to hit that first because this is filled with a bunch of heavy hitters like, they actually might yes, have blown a bunch of their budget on voice acting. Yeah. So, Rin is George Newburn, who is a, he's a Paul Rudd type character actor that was, that I knew him mostly from the groom from Father of the Bride movies. But, no. and he's been in a bunch of other stuff, but Derek, you, you said he was in something else, something that you really recognize. Yeah. Him. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. He is the voice of Sephiroth. Yep. What? Yep. Yes. Yeah, he's the voice of Sephiroth. And the fun, the crazy thing is, so when I watched this episode for the first time, I don't know, earlier this week, about a week ago, he opened his mouth, and I immediately was like, "Holy shit! What video game is he from?" Like, that was the light bulb that went off. It wasn't from Father of the Bride or anything else like that. I was like, what is he from? Looked him up, and then I was like, oh, my goodness. He is Sephiroth. And I just, I wouldn't say recently, maybe within the last four or five months, played the Final Fantasy VII remake. The reboot. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but he's Sephiroth. Why did you do that? Why did, do you hate yourself? Final Fantasy VII is Fairly overrated and relatively good <gasps> with rose-colored glasses. Oh my! Because God. it was the first oh of God. its time. Oh sweet oh. Jesus! <laughs> Stab me in the heart, Derek. Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> you just Speaking gave you just gave Adam a bad bean, if you know what I mean. Yeah, hate a boner. Okay, so um, I actually agree with you. I think it's I think it's overrated. It's a good game. But <gasps> it was it's overrated. It was, it was great for what it was in '97. It's just here we are. Almost thirty years later, you're like, eh, yeah, it's showing its age. I don't, but, I don't know. You you can look at games like Ocarina of Time is still amazing. Every single every single Zelda is extraordinarily overrated, aside from two: A Link to the Past <gasps> and Wind Waker. Wow, you are on <gasps> goddamn crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's I supported of- you. I supported you through your heresy. Through your goddamn godlessness? Uh, dude, this whole episode opens, and I'm like, this is a JRPG. Oh. Like, from the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Like, this entire thing is, it's like, I could have played this video game as a kid. Well, th- this is uh, this is actually, like, the uh, the role-playing games, we storylines we would have come up with when we were kids, honestly. Yeah. yeah it yeah, felt like a, like a more defined version of something that Matt would be storytelling yep. on Rifts, honestly. So. I think you're giving me a little too much credit, but thank you. Okay. I will say that the ship looks badass. I do enjoy the ship a lot. Yeah. The the Wraith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you remember, but I think it's in... It might be in the first episode or the second episode. I can't remember. But it flies. It's a gliding ship. Oh, whoa. It's like uh The way... That, that's the reason why the sails are set up the way they're set up is because it's supposed to be like a almost like a kite essentially. Oh. I thought you were going to mention how it's basically just the first random ship that he came across and stole. Well, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like okay, him even so, more now. So the fi- first voice actor uh, George Newbern plays Ren. Uh, Nidler is played by, of course, Frank Welker. However. He was originally voiced by Roddy McDowell, and what they did was they had Frank Welker come in and replace him after the five-part miniseries, and then went back and edited the five-part miniseries and had Frank Welker redo the voiceover. Ooh, nice. um, Tula, Tula is is Jody Benson, who played fucking Ariel from Little Mermaid. Wow. She was the original Little Mermaid. Yeah. No shit. Yes. And you and you could after you heard, after if you go back and watch it now you'll hear it, like I didn't recognize it initially, but then when I read this I was like, wait shit, no, that is that is her. It's it's interesting because so. I'd really like Tula to be part of my world if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Just gotta slap some feet on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just gotta make a deal with an evil octopus lady. Yeah, do it. You also want her to be mute too, right? No, that's terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's horrible. I'm, I'm not trying to be. I'm trying to be gross, not a horrible monster. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Negative. We are trying to be horrible. <laughs> oh, sorry. So Ions was was played by Hector Elzondo, and I don't know if you guys recognized. I, honestly, this was the first voice that I really recognized, and I immediately placed his voice with his face because he is a like proper face actor like a real regular <laughs> proper actor. face actor oh, he's one of those face boys yeah. so he he usually plays i think like presidential type sort of characters but would the one role i or military types but the one role i really remember from him for him is uh he played the concierge in pretty woman okay all right 
Next, we had Conk. And Conk should have been the second, first or second voice you recognized. Because Conk was, in fact, the incomparable Tim Curry. No. Really? Yes. Yep. Yep. Wow. Conk was played by Tim fucking Curry. Did not hear and it at all. So this... These, these are the folks that we actually saw in this episode, but like the rest of the heavy hitters that we did not hear were Brock Peters, Peter Cullen, Jim Cummings, yep. and Renee Abergenois. Abergenois. And I don't know if you recognize that name, but he played Odo yep. in Deep Space Nine. So. Whoa. Wodo. And, and he's also, he was also a huge uh, video game voice actor, too. You would, you would actually probably recognize his voice if you ever heard him. Well, I don't recognize his face because uh, Odo didn't really have one. So those are the voice actors there. If you guys are ready for it, we can jump into the summary, which I think actually might be a little short. Let's get on. Let's not let's, sure. let's get this dark water flowing. You There's know? not a lot of substance. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we'll get this going. You could probably do it in about 45 seconds if you wanted. I mean, we could do everything. <laughs> we, every, every cartoon we watch, we could do it that amount of time. Oh. Oh, I could do it in 45 seconds. So we open on Rin and Ayaz uh, harvesting cinder sand for their torches on a small island. And Ayaz tells Rin to be careful because it could blow the whole place up with one single spark. And Rin says that he used to be a lighthouseman, so he knows exactly what he's doing with cinder sand, and proceeds to light a fucking torch right next to the giant block of explosives just to show us what it's supposed to be used for. Yeah, but, I mean, it kind of shows that he knows what he's doing because, like, he can clearly handle it. Nothing blows up. That's true. Yeah. That is a good point. He's got his shit together. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a naturally occurring gunpowder deposit. Yeah, yeah, you know how they naturally occur. Basically. So they get attacked by Conk at this point in time and some of uh, Bloth's other men, all riding Dagrons. Not dragons, but Dagrons. And uh, Rin and Ayaz, uh through a chase scene and them trying to get away, wind up losing the cinder sand to an explosion. And at this point in time, Rin just basically says, okay, let's just go back to port and buy some cinder sand. Right. Let's not worry about this anymore. So we then cut to them uh, taking harbor at Kalinda, where Ayaz heads out to buy cinder sand and Rin reminds him not to steal it, because apparently this has been a problem in the past. And Tula and Nidler head out to buy Nidler some treats because Nidler is his whole gag, running gag in the series, is he's always hungry and he always wants Minga melons. Tula's outfit, then, her her like hot pink tube top, that's like a color that does not occur in nature, and it matches. Uh, that that's a good point. It's distressing to me. Like, like how how were they able to make it in this yeah. in this world? But in all fairness, this is like an alien planet, so yes, it's and, hard to say. Yeah. On, on that note, everything is a different kind of creature. Everything is some other kind of weird animal, uh, and nothing appears to be human. There's like weird sack-headed guys. There's guys with f- uh, four arms. Everybody appears to be yeah. some other kind of sentient subspecies. That's why it's a JRPG. Like, this this whole thing is just like, here is this species of people. Nah. Although when they arrived in town, the port background was drawn in a non-fantastical manner with drab, realistic sailing ships. <laughs> that's true. But when they get yeah, into town, true, we dis- we discover that the entire town is just, a, just the port. Like, the whole town is just a wharf. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think the the ongoing thing in the series is just about everything is a port, just because the entire planet essentially is primarily water. Uh, they say they have twenty seas, and most every city is just on an island somewhere. Yeah, and they said most of the most of the food for that's consumed in this uh, series is like seafood based type product with some tropical fruits, essentially. Cool. So. But yeah, it, pretty much every town they go to, I think, is like this, essentially. But yeah. it, it is very much like a Moss Eisley-esque type, like it, a it, panoply of yeah, yeah. creatures and weird-looking humans and shit. There's a lot so. of like, well, this character, his whole thing is, he's an alien. That's his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it might, it might stand a reason to go into some of the description for these guys, too, like... Uh, Ioz has kind of a weird, like... He's got, he's got elf ears. Well, yeah, they all have elf ears. Um, Ioz has, like, a... Even the monkey bird has elf ears. But Ioz has, like, this weird, like, front ponytail thing. So, like, at his widow's peak, he's got a ponytail coming out the front of his head. Yeah, he's got the double tails. Like, he's got the up. classic double tails. <clears throat> front ta- yeah, front tail and back ponytail tail. coming out the back. Yeah, yeah. Ren, look, Ren looks like he was designed by Windy Penn. Like he 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 looks like he's straight out of Elf Quest. Yeah, he 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 seriously just looks like an elf with like um, mullet blonde hair, basically. Yeah. So, Ioz has got like a deep V showing off some of his man cleavage. Rand is basically wearing like a blue pant shirt combo that just look like old timey Renaissance fair, and they're all wearing like gauntlets and armlets and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, th- and Tula looks like they're fairly well designed. Like they have a lot of detail. Tula basically looks like Jasmine, except for she's got a pink tube top and pants rather yeah. than a blue tube top and pants. Yeah, she's hot, so. she's hot pink Jasmine, which, you know what, uh, now that I've said it, I'm very okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Niddler the monkey bird is essentially like a monkey with a beak, with a beak and giant wings, and he's uh, red and green plumaged, so he's got like a he's, very tropical bird looking. Yeah, he's and a long neck. Him. Yeah, he's unnervingly he's large. Neck, like yeah. he, he he's bigger than a small child. He's like an adolescent, and that's yeah. that's very like creepy. Yeah, he's tall. Yeah, he's between like three and four feet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's too large. He creeps me out. And uh, the wraith is their ship, and I think it's uh, isn't it red? Yes. Yeah, it looks like it's yeah. red. It's got like some red ribbing, and it's got this massive front sail that is like a giant wingspan. Like I said, it's because it's designed to fly. So it has a massive sail that makes no functional sense because it wraps like yeah. around almost three sixty around the ship. So they could never tack. They could only go the direction of the wind. <laughs> yeah, take that, writers. You suck, David. David, what's your face, David? Kirshnik. Yeah, you suck. K- Kirshner. You suck. Yeah. How'd you ever get to be the head of Hanna-Barbera? Yeah, don't you know it's anything so about sailing ships? They're in Kalenda. Ayaz is off to get Cindersand, Tula, and Nidler head out to buy Nidler some treats. And during this exchange, Rin, as they're walking away, reminds Tula that the city is filled with thieves, so that she needs to be careful. Ooh. And then Rin immediately leaves to go get food. Leaving the ship completely unguarded. And when he goes to buy some food, he, of course, is the one that gets pickpocketed. Although, he gets pickpocketed by, like, doing the old bump where somebody bumps into him and another guy picks his pocket and replaces. Yeah, the classic bump and pick. With a bag of rocks. Yeah, yeah. Pick, bump and pick. Yeah, the old, the old did, bump I and pick. I did, like, 
I did like at the very least that after they showed that, they did show him checking his coin purse after he got jostled. It's just he didn't check it thoroughly. Enough yeah, yeah. Because it was just filled with they rocks. Because they, yeah, they replaced so. it with a rock-filled purse, which is like very, yeah. they're very well prepared here. Yes. So, uh, oh, and also everybody's purse looks exactly the same. Like everybody's coin bag is made by the exact same manufacturer. The same coin bagger. It's like, it's, it's like Coach... Uh, you think it's all bags. coach? No, no, yeah. no, there's no Louis. It's all coach. Yeah. yeah, there's no Louis Vuitton in this no, world. No Louis Vuitton. Nope. Exactly. All coach. Well, there was. See, the prequel to this was actually the fight between Coach and Gucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Coach basically had to like murder all of Gucci's yeah, yeah. employees. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he stood over them and says, "You thought you had me, Gucci, but now I'm going to Gucci you." And then he slit his throat. And as he's sitting at somebody's going, Gucci, Gucci, goo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Yes. See, we should be writers. We should anyway. be writers. I think we've proven, more than proven, that we're more talented than at least 100% of Hollywood. <laughs> <coughs> but just Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Not the writers that are outside of Hollywood writing. Just no, not, not Bollywood now. either. Not Bollywood. Oh, yeah, not Bollywood. Not Bollywood. Yeah. That's genius. Nice, nice. All right, so this is when we get introduced to Solia. Because Solia sees Ren get pickpocketed and then says, oh, then I guess his money's up for grabs, so I'm going to go calm these pickpocketers out of the gold that they just pickpocketed. And what, what does so Solia look like? Up, um, what, what, is, what does she look When you first saw her, what is the immediate thing that you thought? That it's a female version of Iris. There you go. Immediately. Yeah, just that's like all she looks right like. off the ticket, the, right? Oh, that's uh, that's that's Ayaz's sister. Yep, exact same coloration. The only thing she's missing is the front ponytail, but that's just because her hair hasn't grown out long enough. She has bangs. Yeah, yeah. She's got so, the she's got the back so. ponytail. She, she has better fashion sense. She does yeah. have slightly better fashion sense. That's true. True. Does she have a scar? Because I know Ayaz has like a scar on his face, and I thought she might have had. She a scar has neither too. a scar nor a mustache. Okay. But she does have the exact same eyebrows. Yeah, which is the important part. And they both shop at the same at the same store. Exactly. So Celia sets up a con job where she sells the pickpocketers a ship, and it's not her ship. She just sells them a random ship, and this whole con falls apart pretty much as soon as she gets the money. Because as soon as she gets the money, the actual owner of the ship runs up and is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" As she's making her escape. And then this leads to like a long chase scene where Rain winds up meeting up with them as well. And like her and Rain are trying to escape the pickpocketers. They're trying to kill them. And it all ends with Rain and Celia hiding underwater, under the wraith, breathing hole through, breathing air through the hull of the ship. Yeah. So, so Derek, would you like to tell us how water pressure works? I mean, sure. So, PV equals NRT, and all that stuff. <laughs> Actually, PV equals NRT is, is gas. It's not water. But that's not exactly how it works. There's a hole in the bottom of a boat, and yeah. Yeah, then the air comes out through, through, down yes. through, the, through the hole of the Yeah, water. if you suck that's, hard that's enough. How it works. Yeah. Maybe you weren't sucking hard enough, David. It, this like, is what I've been telling yeah, you. It turns, it, it turns out that the the theory of physics that torpedoes work off of was completely false. Um, and the Pirates of Dark Water is the 
the true. Uh, hey, well, they may have an this alternate. This is an alien planet. Yeah, they have an alternate okay? physics. Yeah, they got different physics here. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, maybe their air is more dense than water. Like also, that could be a thing. The oh. air is denser and heavier than water. Yeah, that's true. And when a hole happens in the bottom of a boat, it just floats that's out. That's why under the ocean, there's just a whole bunch of dense air. That's right. Now, as you were talking about Rin sucking, I am reminded that he looks an awful like a lot, an awful lot like one of the characters from Drawn Together. I don't have much of a gag reflex anymore. <laughs> oh, he does! Holy shit! Yeah. Did anybody else also notice that every time they have like a pouch, it looks like a scrotum? <laughs> That's just yeah. every single one of the pouches in this show just looks like a ball sack. That's it just how exactly pouches look. Like. <laughs> And it's a coach. God. It's the coach <laughs> Fucking animators and like cartoon artists are just constantly horn balls. Well, there's not a lot to do, so mm, I'll make this look like a ball sack. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna make <laughs> a dick shaped sword. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing twice as many souls as I would on any other Saturday morning cartoons. I got plenty of time. Gotta draw peepees. I'm, I'm, sliding, I'm sliding some fucking scrotes into here. You sliding some scrotes. Sliding some scrotes. You're starting to sound like hairy man mucus. Yeah. Sliding some scrotes. Dr- some old scrotes. drippy man mucus. Scrote sliding. All right. The next scene is we got Ren and Celia on the ship. They wind up meeting up with Tula and Niddler as they get back. And then finally, Ayaz o- gets back. And Ayaz exclaims, I chongo chipongo. Because Solia is his sister. As it turns out, mm-hmm. nobody could have guessed it. So, I don't know. Oh yeah, the two similarly looking characters. Exactly. So they all sit down and have a meal together, and Celia accuses Ions of running away with the family fortune, yeah. which turns out to just be his half of the family fortune that he took. But apparently, this was enough to cause Celia to have to become a street smart wharf rat in order to make ends meet for her and her family. Well, so, it, inf- it infers that she kind of went off on her own. Oh, I, I took it as, like, she was actually trying to scrape together any coin she could find for her mom, is what I thought it was. Oh, they don't, but they don't really, they never make that explicit at all. They, they, they kind of infer that yeah. she was, she, she went off on her own with her money. Um, meanwhile, yeah. the whole time she's flirting with Ren. That's true, that's true. It's like over-the-top flirting, obviously causing uh, Tula some concern. Right. But Solia also says at this point in time that, you know what, we're all will be forgiven if you help me find the treasure on this treasure map that's not that far away. It's like right around the corner. Aya says, no, we, I can't do that. She kind of she screws herself over when she just shows them the map. And oh, we learn that's later that they know exactly them. where this is. Yeah. Yeah, she's got no poker face Yeah, here. so they even see the map. So... So everyone basically stands up and says, like, no, I can't go because we are on a quest to stop the dark water from destroying this planet. And at this point in time, I was like, this is some stupid fucking bullshit. Because this is like somebody coming up to me and being like, hey, man, do you want to go to Burning Man this year? And me standing up and saying, no, I'm on a quest to end pollution and save the planet. So I have to take care of that first before I can do anything else. I mean, are you on that quest? Well, yeah, but it's just by reducing my carbon footprint and <laughs> yeah, yeah, businesses yeah. that I control, making sure that all of it's like carbon neutral, doing its best to be carbon neutral. So, yeah. huh? 
Okay. Good to know. But it's also like, it's an insurmountable problem that I'm not going to be able to handle like this year, you know? Yeah, individual action is meaningless. Yeah, it's true. Free will is a joke. <laughs> now you have to reduce the, the corporate level. First, we have to change our society to have any sort of impact. Yeah. 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 But I feel like these guys have a little bit of time to go on a little side quest. I think it's more like, like somebody comes up to me and is like, not having it. hey, do you want free money? And I'm like, no, fuck, I hate money. No, I gotta go to work. Yeah, fuck, fuck money, I gotta go to work. <laughs> I don't have a time for that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, good stuff. That's exactly what it's that like. That is what it's like. But at any rate, after they all stand up and make this, this proclamation, Salia seems to take it very well. Like hugs her brother and like starts like rubbing up against Ren and macking on him, obviously picking their pockets. Yeah, she no robs them blind. This otherwise, and yeah, winds up rubbing them blind. So she winds up taking I mean, all of Ren's gold. Maybe she just wants to get handsy. She does want yeah, to get handsy. I thought she was trying to like sow chaos before she leaves, so that everyone yeah. would take longer to realize they've oh, been really? pickpocketed. Honestly, when I watched it too, I thought the same thing. Where she's like, "All right, so long, brother." And then just totally nut grabs what's his nuts. <laughs> Ren. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, she does, I, I did she, think that was being like a, She does a take, little tap. Sufferin. Sufferin. Oh, yeah. When she was, I mean, come on. When she was pickpocketing there, she was in that pocket for a hot second. I mean, if yeah. you had a choice between your brother and some um, hot looking elf dude, which one would you pick? I don't have a brother. Yeah, probably go with that. So you'd fuck your brother. So you'd fuck dude. your brother is yeah. what you're saying. So you so you fuck your brother. Yeah, <laughs> your imaginary brother. Mm-hmm. Could be off the corner rubbing one out the, to the, your imaginary oh, brother. What's what would your brother's name be? Schlong. Schlong. What's the opposite of a hairy man mucus? Yeah, smooth, <laughs> smooth, smooth dry S- sinus. Smooth Supplement? Yeah, Smooth Supplement. Smooth Supplement. Hello, I'm Smooth Supplement. Would you care to touch uh, me? <laughs> Billy D, Smooth Supplement. Yes. Um, feel my sinewy muscles. Feel my bald skin. Mm, this ball sack has no hair on it. Never. Never. Never been touched Completely by hair. hairless ball Completely sack. hairless. I have alopecia. <laughs> mm. um, you know, you can call me Al. Excellent. Alopecia. <laughs> can I, though? Yeah. Can I? No, but when I saw this, I thought, so it, like, immediately to me, it was Sylvia's obviously picking their pockets. Yeah, yeah, clearly. And was because they even because they, mainly even, because she was like, "Hey, you want to do this thing?" And they're like, "No." And she's like, "Oh, okay, no big deal. I'm fine with that. Whatever." Because Ren's kind of a dipshit. I'm gonna the, leave now. In the, in the beginning, he's like, yeah. "No, I have a quest. Let me show you this jewel I have that seems to pertain to the quest somehow." Okay, bye now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I guess he's on the same level as Sylvia, essentially. Who appears to be a teenage girl in this episode, so maybe not. I don't know. The best. Well, she is supposed to be very street smart, though. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Ayaz and Ren realize that they've been robbed only after they've already gone underway. So they're like sailing away, and they're like, oh, fuck, we don't have the compass, which is the jeweled pendant that Ren wears. You would think that when you put to sea, you'd be like, let me check my compass. Yeah, let me just, uh, yeah, well, real or, quick. 
Or if you're Ioz and you're a thief and you come from a family of thieves and you just hung out with your sister who's a thief, you would have been like, let me double check my coin yeah, purse yeah. and make yeah. sure. Yeah, hey, everybody, uh, check your pockets. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes she takes your coins. Sometimes she puts pudding in there. <laughs> Figure it out. Oh, my coins are all puddingy. Oh. <laughs> Smooth Suppleman hates this. <laughs> Superman hates pudding coin. Uh, pudding money? <laughs> Fuck. But at, at any rate, they turn back, but we wind up cutting to a bar scene where uh, Sola is in a bar in Kalinda uh, having a bunch of drinks because she now has money to pay for it. The bartender even makes a comment about her not having coin before, and now she does. And it just so happens that Conk is in the next table over, having like a little mini midlife crisis of his own. Yeah, where yeah. He's getting hammered, complaining about his life and how he doesn't like working for Bloth and how he's always screwing up and he has no luck. At first... And that's when... At first I, I like was really disgusted by Conk, but then they started getting like doing close-ups on him and I was like, I really love how they drew this little minion. Yeah. I really love how gross he's, he is. He, yeah. He's kind of interesting in general. Like even later in this episode when we see that his peg leg is also filled with cinder sand right. to be an extra torch. And it, I think it's kind of... His mouth is, like, bigger setup. than his whole face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, back to the bar. So in the bar, Conk looking over at Celia, who just at the moment happens to be admiring the compass, and Conk says to himself, I think my luck's just turned. And then we have uh, Ren, Tula, Ayaz, and Nidler show up in front of the bar, Rin and Ioz go into the bar to go confront Solia, and then a, a wacky bar fight ensues. Yes. As Solia accuses them of being thieves the moment they walk in the bar. And through the whole kerfluffle, Conk winds up befriending Solia and helps her out the back of the bar and basically takes her to his ship and says, Hey, you know, if you come with me, I'll get you the hell out of here. And we also find out in the scene that just like droids and Moss Eisley monkey birds are not allowed in bars yes which is fortunate because the monkey bird manages to see Conk and Salia running away exactly exactly so we got Salia and Conk joining forces to go hunt for the treasure we see them planning this out and Conk has a little bit of internal dialogue where he plans to betray Salia and take all the gold as soon as they get there Somehow, I guess from memory, Tula managed to make a copy of Celia's map. And this is when she states to everybody that, oh, this is going to be in Arachna Island, which is the most dangerous island in the 20 seas. Well, she. Uh, this is where I feel like Celia really blew, blew her hand because she showed the map and it seemed like they instantly recognized the island that they were on. It, I am assuming that they just have their own map and they just have it labeled because she holds it up and it just says Arachna across it. That's a good point. That's a good point. They just pull up their own road map, their own map of the seas. Yeah, they, ma okay. they map quest That's exactly it. Where it is. That's really going. Yep. So anyway, we cut to Conk and Solia getting to the caves first, or getting to the island first, and they go into the single solitary cave on the island to go find the treasure. The caves are obviously inhabited by giant spiders because everything is covered in cobwebs and there's human-sized cocoons everywhere, but apparently these two dipshits seem to be oblivious to what spiders do. Yeah. 
or even like that this is webbing until they find the chest. Well, if you lived most of your time on you know very small islands, it's there's probably not that many spiders, you know. I mean, that's fair. There could be like a lack of diversity of uh, yeah. fauna wherever they well, go. Well, I'd, I'd imagine that Seven they minutes. were like the Hawaiian li- Hawaiian Islands pre-contact. Like mostly it was birds and a few wild boars yeah. that the natives brought with them. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. But at any rate, we go back and we see that our heroes uh, have split the party, and we focus on uh, Ios and Nidler first going into the cave. And uh, Isles and Niddler wind up getting attacked by screaming spiders, which causes Niddler to drop his torch and Ios to fumble to try to pick it up. And I actually really like this little bit of animation here. The fact that, like, the torch goes out, but we can still see everything. Yeah. Because we're the viewer. And it, it shows Ios just sort of, like, fumbling around trying to find the torch that went out so he can relight it. Oh, that was interesting. It, it was pretty fun. These uh, spiders make the fucking most annoying noise. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I was just about to bring that up. What the fuck? Yes. Um, Screaming spiders. Other than that, they are not very horrific. They're not very scary. But the noise they make really freaked me the fuck out. Do you think? Yeah, they do you think that was really Frank? Have, like, do you think that was fangs. old Frank just being like, they, "Oh, I I can almost fucking guarantee you it was Frank Welker." Yeah, who who would have been making that noise? Yeah, it was Frank Welker. <laughs> they were they were like, "Hey, Frank, can you jazz this up?" And he he was like, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, it's like spiders." Oh yeah, I know what spiders sound <laughs> yeah, like. Exactly. Ah! <laughs> and they're like, ah! "Out of the park, Frank. Out of the park." <laughs> Nailed it again, Frank. <laughs> Please never come back here. Yeah, so, so Leah and Conk, they find that the treasure chest is empty after Conk pries it open. And this is when they get attacked by the screaming spiders. And uh, it turns out that the screaming spiders are afraid of fire. And as soon as they figure this out, Conk steals the torch, all of Celia's cash, and the compass, and runs off on his own. Yeah. To get the hell out of there. His smartest move so far. Yes, yes. He, he seems to be playing it relatively smart this whole time, really. I'm surprised that he wasn't more bumbling. I think the only real bumbling thing he did was in the beginning when he blew up the island, and it cost him and his men to get thrown off of their dagrons. That was um, that was less than stellar. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, right now, Celia, she's ripping open. She rips open a cocoon, grabs some bones out of it. After she's like, "Oh no, these are human remains. The spiders have been eating people." Who Actually, look more like Whoa, a vampire. Horrible. Remains. No, that's true. They do look like vampire. There are some fangs on that skeleton. Do you think that that's just they don't show it, but these creatures actually have horrible, terrible fangs? That's just what human skeletons oh, look they, like on the, this on this alien human planet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they actually have like retractable fangs, basically. Nice. I mean that that would make sense as to why like they the way they eat. You know? Yeah, just for cracking open clams and and mangamelons. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got yeah. they got. Uh, Clam diggers right in their mouth. So she winds up grabbing a tibia, starts swinging it around, fights the spiders off a little bit. And in the process, she winds up breaking open another cocoon on accident. And this one is filled with treasure. This treasure looked pretty, and pretty she, good, honestly. There was a lot of yeah. pretty nicely drawn gold treasure in there. there. There was a fair amount of detail for that, yeah. But this is when she starts to get overwhelmed. And as soon as uh, she does, 
One of the spiders winds up cocooning her almost immediately. And this is when Rin and Tula arrive. Tulia. Rin and Tula arrive just in time to save her. And she tells them to conk Rin off with the compass. And Rin and Tula take off to go find Isles and Niddler. Uh, fucking leaving Solia behind. Completely. Yeah. While Solia is like desperately trying to pick up as much gold as she could carry. And at this point in time I was like, are they going to go into like a weird like greed killing best intentions type thing where like she's going to get killed by spiders because she was too greedy staying for the gold no because it's clearly like it's clear she's having a redemption arc so we then cut to conk who is still running through the uh caves but his torch starts to go out and this is when he removes his peg leg revealing that it is a backup torch and he lights it on fire and then proceeds to hop the rest of the way out of the the cave i thought i was just lighting his peg leg on fire yeah it, that seems counterproductive. Yeah. Why not just take off his shirt? Yeah. Jesus. That's true. That's true. Probably. No, that's the reason why I assumed that the peg leg was actually a t- proper torch was because like it lit on fire a little too easily. Mm. So it must have had cinder sand inside of it. I mean, there's so. just all the grease from his body would make that thing go up like anything. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, think about yeah. that. Think about that man's pores. Wide open, yeah, yeah, six inch pores, <laughs> pouring grease out, yeah. yeah, just dumping a hot liquid grease everywhere he goes, just like a little trail. Him and Harry Mucusman, man, mucus, uh, but um, they hate each other. They do. It's like oil. It's <laughs> like enemies. oil and water. Those mortal enemies because they kind of want to have sex with each other. Yeah, yeah. It's oil and water. Those. What two. happens when they have to share a New York apartment together? <laughs> it's the original odd couple <laughs> so there's like just grease on both sides of the apartment so we cut back to Celia trying to get out and this is when she finds her brother and Niddler all cocooned up and she takes a beat to seriously contemplate just leaving, leaving her them. brother behind yeah. to be eaten by spiders and then she's like nah, I guess not and then cuts him free yeah so this really kind of shows us just how fucked up she was before this. So she cuts them loose. They wind up escaping with the escaping the spiders as Ioz is leaving a trail of cinder sand behind him. As soon as they get outside of the cave, he throws the bag of cinder sand back into the cave, lights it on fire, and blows up the whole cave. So in this scene, this is this is the scene when I was watching this where I was like, oh my god, it's a ball sack. Because he pierces it with a cheese knife. I don't know why this stood out of my brain. But his sword looks like one of those fancy knives. Mm-hmm. If you go to a party that has a really nice charcuterie board, it's got like, it's the curvy bit with the mm-hmm. cutout interior so that it slices through the cheese nice. And then it's got the little prong dealy whopper on the ends so that you can spear the cheese and put it on your cracker. Yeah. Anyways, his, that was my observation. His cinder bag is really flopping around, too. Oh, it yeah, looks like a fucking yeah, nutsack. His sword does seem to act, be acting more like a club when he whacked a spider with it. It made kind of a thwomping yeah, noise true. when he was whacking the spiders. Yeah, instead of slicing through anything. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. And anyway, they get they get out of the cave. Everybody's out of the cave. Everybody's fine. But uh, our party converges onto Conk's ship because Conk's getting onto his ship at this point in time and checking to make sure that he still has the compass and all the gold. 
and they try to jump out at him, but he but Conk runs to his Dagron and uh, jumps on it right as Celia manages to pull herself up onto the deck and run and jump on the Dagron as well. This then uh, leads to an aerial wrestling match where she wrestles the golden compass away from Conk, kicks him off the dragon, throws the compass of gold back to Niddler, and then swoops down to go pick up Rin, Ios, and Tula off the ship because all of the spiders have come out of the cave and they have started to rapidly cocoon Conk's ship. Apparently the spiders can also swim very well. Yeah, well, they, they say later that they're water spiders. They, they do say water spiders. I do say that, like, if, if you do look at a lot of uh, nature documentaries, you will see a lot of spiders that can, like, walk on water. They're light enough they don't actually, like, break the surface tension. Mmm. So maybe they just figured out how to not break the surface tension. Spiders or Jesus? Or was, Je- yeah, or was Jesus or was Jesus yeah. a spider? Which, which one was which one is? No, sp- sp- spiders, spiders Ooh. are Jesus. If you read all the way through the Bible, it ends with uh, much like Christopher Walken from the prophecy movies. Uh, Jesus basically just bursts into millions of spiders, and then like crawls off into various directions. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened when he was crucified. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it ends. Yeah. Thanks for spoiling the Bible for the me. Jesus, spoilers. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it would, yes, Jesus spoilers. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Indeed. Um, now, I have no idea yeah, what I'm going to yeah, read the, for Easter This is now. when we see the spiders are... Well, the, this is when we see the, how fast the spiders cocoon things, because like, one spider lays like, like a three-foot-wide... 50 foot sheet of webbing as it's crawling across the ship yes basically well don't worry as as they sail off we do see that conk frees himself from a cocoon as he's floating near the uh the edge of the island yes yeah we we leave it with sola flying off with a little bit of treasure because she managed to get some treasure from the treasure trove so she should be so that tells us she's going to be okay uh, Tola, I'm sorry, Tula gets upset at Celia's uh, last flirting with Ren. Uh, Ions makes a joke about Conk at Conk's expense, and Ren starts laughing like an idiot at nothing. And that's when we cut to Conk cutting himself out of the cocoon and starting to swim back to port. So, yeah, this is also we need to the... think that Conk is like all muscle. This is also the moment that throughout the whole thing. They've been calling uh, Celia a wench. Everybody's been calling her a wench, including at the end. Oh, that's true. Tula does it. Her, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which really sent the movement back, Tula. Yep. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> girl wench. I mean, wench boss. Wench boss. Wench boss. Yeah. yeah, don't call people wenches, people. Don't do it. Yes. Yeah. You can call winches winches, like when you're trying to lift something. Yeah, that's right. When you have to crank so. something and use a winch. Yeah. Yeah. If you're cranking it, call it a winch. Or, you know, if, right. you, if you have something where you're balancing it, you can call that a lever. Winch and lever. Yeah. The original odd couple. Or if you have a... This year. If you have a block and tackle, uh, you can have a block and tackle. Call them a block and tackle. Don't call them... Block and tackle. Yeah. Winch and weaver. And... Harry Mancus. Harry Mancus. All right. So that is the end of the episode. That is where we're leaving things. This is, again, the third to last episode. 
that they ever produced of this series feels like a waste. Yes, I'm disappointed. Yeah, this this is the nineteenth episode. They only got twenty one out. So yes. they could have put this anywhere in the run. Yeah, or oh, you know, yeah, just yeah. not put it in the run. <laughs> this is a throwaway. So yeah, um, like if they're not going to bring this character back, like why do this ever? Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like going through and looking through all the, like the fan wikis and looking through Wikipedia itself, going through and looking through all that stuff, like she never showed up as a main character. Which leads me to believe leads me to believe that she was never brought back, and they never intended to bring her back. Mm, well, so I mean, it was canceled in another two episodes, so uh, they may have had plans for her. It does feel like they introduced her to to like the whole point of doing this would be like, oh, we'll bring her back for something interesting later, but we need to introduce her now. Life is like a hurricane in the world of, of dark water. Yeah, mer. I think we are. I think we are on a ticking clock before fucking the fireworks become too much. But let's keep let's going. Let's do this. Are they going off? Yeah, that was. A, I think that was the first batch. Um, so I took the dog out. So we'll we'll keep it going. We'll we'll see. If I start hearing them hot and heavy, that I may have to drop. So no big deal. Fair enough. Well, we're we're in the death throes of this podcast anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 both, both this episode and the show in general. <laughs> yeah. So, what'd you guys think? What'd you guys think of this episode? It, it, it's hard. To, uh, it's hard to form an opinion. This is this is like my baseline of what cartoons are. Oh, I'm yeah. kind of with David yeah. on that one. Like, there's some things about this I really liked, and I was I, like. I don't know. And then there's other things I was like, this was... So, okay. Overall, as a story, as the episode or whatever, this was fucking vanilla boring as shit. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it it had nothing. But the characters, the art, the voice acting, all that stuff, like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, like, man, this reminded me of any JRPG I've ever played. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is super cool. They, They could do some super cool stuff with this. You know, you had like... They're on a mythical planet, the 20 seas, Kevin Costner's hanging around, like he's got gills, and it's fucking, they're riding jet skis yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit. Like, they're going to eat it's, some it's smeat. It's great, like, from that. Some yeah, it's, it's great from that smeat. aspect, but then in execution, they just whiff hard. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the quality, the, the money they spent, it shows. They spent it on the episode. Nobody was taking big lunches out on this budget. Like they they animated the hell out of this. Uh, what they did not do was write the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. But Well, I feel like this is also like the best episode for Amazingly Terrible because I think we really did choose like the blandest, <laughs> most like inane, banal storyline. In the entire series, basically. I could very easily see the rest like, of the series being like this, and I'm just misremembering it. But um, one thing I did appreciate about it was it felt like they really cared about the world building. That they really took time, like, more time than they usually do to develop, okay, this is a weird world, it has these weird rules, it's kind of like this, and uh, these are the words they use, and these are the kind of creatures that are around. Whereas, like most other cartoons, don't bother with any of that lore. It actually, it actually seemed pretty heavy on the fake swearing this episode. 
<laughs> this one did, well, yeah. If you look through the dictionary, like half of the words in there are swear words. Like they really like they really flushed out the swear words for this show. <laughs> they really did. Yeah. Well, they knew what they needed, you know. Write what you yeah. know. And also, and also, <laughs> like David, how much of this did you watch when you were a kid? Uh, when I was a kid, or somewhere between a fourth and a half of the episodes, probably. Okay. And I've probably seen about a fourth and a half of the episodes as well. Matt, I'm assuming you've seen probably about the same, mm, right? No, I saw less. Because I, I just I only less. saw it when I was over at your house. So I only up, remember yeah. but, about maybe maybe seeing like four or five episodes, maybe. Yet, as adults, we all fucking know Nuijitat. We know exactly where that came from and what that means. Like, this really stuck with us when we were kids, despite the fact that this would have been, like, a fraction of the stuff we were consuming back then. I mean, it stuck with you and I. I think you and I were outliers. We also, like, we didn't see it on... Didn't we see it on Fox? So we saw it, like, very late. Yeah, I think late. we watched it on Fox, like... We, when it was in syndication. Yeah. yeah. I think we saw it when it was in syndication. Because it was never in order. Wait, was was a Fox run the syndicated run? The, the, it originated with the five-part miniseries with Fox, and then ABC picked up the rest of the first season. And then after after the first season, ABC said, we don't need this. They made it. They made the rest of the op- episodes specifically for syndication, and Fox picked it all back up. When it was, like, cheaper, basically. Yeah, basically. Basically, once they finished the run, Fox was like, okay, we'll, we'll syndicate it. We'll, we'll take it in, and we'll play it on our Saturday morning cartoon block. So. I remember it playing in the afternoon, or was it, was it only Saturday mornings? Yeah, I remember it being like the afternoon after school block. Well, that could have been the case too. Like maybe they did, maybe they switched it between the two, because once they had it for syndication, they could put it pretty much put it anywhere. And it's surprising that this was the time frame when sixty-five. Yeah, there's not, there's not enough episodes really to put it there. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It was a bit a bit odd, but. The the thing that I really remember when I was a kid was the fucking masks. Remember when they had to do like deep diving, and they put on like some weird like they put on this, some weird like octopus type creature on their heads that was basically like a rebreather and allowed them to actually have like a face mask while they were diving. That's cool. I sort of oh, remember yeah. what that might look like. Yeah. Did they did their like did it go over their eyes? Yeah, it went over like their entire head basically. Cool. And like the front of it was just like a thin film that they could see through. So cool. But but um yeah, like the world building was really good. Like you were saying, I feel like they, they did put a lot of like time and effort into flushing out a great deal of this. And that's the reason why I think that we just got the worst episode we could have possibly gotten. Cause I remember a lot of stuff from here that's like even just like, oh, that's a cool world building piece that I like. And in this one we didn't the only thing we got that was world building was Oh, cinder sand. Yeah, you got you got gunpowder. Okay, and so about the screaming spiders. That's well. Every episode had like weird creatures in it, so I guess. But I, I don't think. And now, listeners, for your enjoyment, that's good enough. Here's forty-five minutes of screaming spiders. <laughs> just put that on the list. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, this is just the fucking worst. Um, I loved it. But I do have to say that that I remember this being incredibly high quality. And then probably about 10 years ago, 
I watched a few episodes again, and when those few episodes that I watched, I was like, this is garbage. This is Flaming Hawk garbage. I can't believe this is so bad. But when we watched this again, it actually seemed like it was high quality. So I think I might have just seen some, like, really low resolution or low quality mm. um, version uh, recordings. Yeah, a few, a few years back. So when we watched it this time, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. I thought it actually held up really well. No, it's... it's. So. I mean, the thing that's letting it down is the writing. It's it's quite beautiful to it's look at. Story. The characters, the characters are well drawn. I mean, I think I feel like they had all the ingredients except good writing. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll see if we keep it on. But first, would you let your children watch this show? Ooh, that's a good question. It is not mm. not very good to women. Nope. Despite being the most powerful, Tula is a bit of a potted plant. Yep, and they keep calling the other women wench. So I'm. I think I'm gonna go with no. Derek, I don't really care. This one wasn't <laughs> one way or another. Like just just calling somebody wench doesn't really bug me. Like a kid can watch that. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, like if if they if, like if they had said, hey, you're not allowed to be anything in life other than a fucking boner garage, then I'd be like, oh, maybe we have a problem with this. But calling somebody a beer wench, like shit, dude. You don't get to Whatever. vote because you're a woman. <laughs> I'm not allowed to judge yeah. any of you guys on this because I am not a papa. You are. Uh, I am not a papa. I'm not a papa. Not a papa. I, I am not a papa. Moving right along. What else do we want to look at? What else do we want to do here, David? To we, to be fair, I don't know how many of these shows I've I've really watched that I've been like, ooh, content-wise, I wouldn't let my kids see it. Hmm. There's been a couple, but I don't think I don't yeah. think any of them have really like rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. I think just from like terrible of production. Yeah. And whenever I'd be like, stop watching that trash TV. But there hasn't been any that I've eh, maybe there've been one or two. I, think I don't know. As they get older and they start that I've gone, and they start liking things and they start asking for them and you have to watch it with them, there's a real danger that they could like something that's just utter horror for you. Think Coco Melon. Oh, we already we're full blown into Coco uh-huh, Melon. Yeah. Do you love it? I don't mind it. She likes okay. it. Okay. Just give it time. You will grow to despise it. <laughs> it's ah, it makes her happy. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of things that she's happy about it's, that I end up You'll grow to hate it. Don't worry. Oh, she's got a JJ doll and a bus and all oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. We have the JJ doll too. Coco Melon. Just get to Bluey as fast the as you can. The wheels on the bus go round. <laughs> no, the, the she's she's starting to take interest in other shows, which is Bluey. Good. It's um, all about Bluey, which is just kind of naturally. Bluey uh, is Bluey good. Uh, I've heard Bluey's, Bluey's good. good. I hear that constantly. That Bluey is good from like yeah. I hear that from a, like adults yes. being like this yeah. is quality. No, Bluey is actually very good and heartwarming. That's good. Yeah, Coco Melon is essentially like crack cocaine for oh toppers. yeah, it's garbage. Mm. Eh, whatever. Okay. It's all good. What's next? What would you guys say, if you heard about this, what would you guys say to a reboot of the series? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Yeah. I right. think with gr- with good writing, with all the same shit as, as much JRPG as they've got going on, I think this could be awesome. Yeah, a, a, a dark and gritty reboot, I would, I would be there for that. Mm, yeah. 
Yep, 100%. All right, so one universe gets... No, never mind. We're not doing that anymore. I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. Should we keep this on the list? <laughs> How are people voting? Um, yeah. I'm voting yes. I want to see I want to see other episodes with more substance to them. I... If we don't find one, then I'll ax it after that. I also vote <laughs> yes. I think I would still vote yes, even if I wasn't a fan of it from when I was a child. And I will vote yes. Derek? Derek? Are you making it unanimous, which means we watch it next time? And I vote. Yeah, actually keep it. I want to see I want to see an episode that's not a trash throwaway episode. Yeah. Like if the next episode we watch so we'll is another trash throwaway episode, then yeah. we can assume that they're all trash throwaway episodes. But I want to see yeah. something that like explains the fucking planet they're on and like why their yeah. boat has a sail that is a circle on the top of the fucking yeah, boat yeah. or even or even just like hits on the main plot line like yeah we actually see like Darth why does sephiroth and his buddy fucking store all of their stuff in like scrotums um these are the questions i want answered <laughs> and i also want to see the ecomancer do something yeah i want to see her man set up i want to see, yeah, I want to see her fly. actually do something ecomancer like it's that scene from the so. incredibles like what are you waiting there for kid i don't know do something incredible like like yeah. i i honestly don't understand why she wasn't doing something with the spiders in this one but maybe she or was just, maybe she was just fucking with her yeah yeah maybe her maybe her, her powers own. are very subtle and that's why no one died yeah yeah maybe yeah, were were you Mammon Rumorous? All right, it has at? serious potential to be really fucking good. It just yeah. it fell flat on its face. So are you un- unanimous, David? What does it mean when we're unanimous? I don't know. We've Nothing. been unanimous before. Nothing. Yeah, we move on to the next thing. Yay! Which is re- reverse retcon redemption, an insurmountable pile of wonderful awfulness. Redemption. Oh fuck! Redemption. I got a redeem. God damn it! I always fucking forget about this. Me too. Um, Pirates of Darkwater. Should I buff Pirates of Darkwater? Wow. Ooh, let's, <laughs> let's take New Kids on the Block off the list. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm idea. pretty sure I put it on the list. Okay. I'm pretty sure I was the one that put it there. So that would be me voting against my own best interests. <laughs> so I think I want to. So what's the Sumerian list choice? This is a new one right here. I roll for the Sumerian, and then they pick which list we roll on. Whoa. Oh, they just get to pick whatever. Whoa, that's okay. too much power. All right. All right. Interesting. Should I buff new kids on the block? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> buff something terrible. Or should I fix past wrongs of ours and bring Bump in the Night back up to the No, to the no, list? don't do it. Or Doug. Bring Doug up. No. They were voted off for a reason. Okay, I don't know what this is, so I'm going to just vote to put this on. Gadget Boy's Adventures in History. Oh, gee. I am bringing that up. Oh, my. There's a whole series of these. I can tell you that is a Inspector Gadget spinoff. Nice. Nice. Oh, okay. Interesting. And... I don't know if it exists outside the Deke catalog. Ooh. So I'm basically creating a big challenge for you. That might actually be, like, something that they created to show in museums. 
Be because they definitely have an inspector gadget like introduces zoo exhibits. Nice. 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 Alright. Well, uh, let's hope we don't land on that then, I guess. Anyway. Life is like a hurricane in the world of murder. <laughs> You're getting better. You're an idiot. Racers, racers, it's a dark water blur. Right. Dark tales. Woohoo. Woohoo. Okay. What's next, David? Next is reverse retcon. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Reverse retcon. Everybody's favorite yet confusing bit. Confusingly titled bit. This is when everybody goes, it's almost over. I can almost have my life back. And this is when And this is when we always ask the age old question of David, do we round up or down? Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. fucking time. Every time, yeah. Okay, here we go. Alright. What is thirty two forty two? Thirty two forty two. Grandma needs a new pair of shoes. What do we got? It's think it's the movie list. Thirty-two Rounding up. Thirty-two yeah. fifty-six. The movie list. We got movie sign. We got movie, movie sign. Movie. Multi-ball. Multi-ball. Man, the next the oh, next couple boy, ones. We, we, we got a couple long ones coming up. Are we rolling on the movie list, or are we? Do we just pick a movie? No, we, oh, we're rolling. We roll. We don't. Okay, pick. okay. We, don't, we never pick so shit. Sure. What is on row one hundred? Ooh, I hope it's Deep Throat. Uh-oh. It's Son of a White Mare. It's Son of the White Mare. We're already doing it. Son of the White Mare. We already have that on the list. We gotta re-roll. No, we gotta watch it twice. Okay. <laughs> gotta watch it twice. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. The, se the second podcast has to or, hit or should we round everything up the first one did not. Or should we round up to the next thing, David? Because that would be Southland Tales, which I just... No. Said we were going to be watching eventually. No, we're re-rolling. You don't want to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson pretend to be an actor? Never. Because he plays an actor in this? We really need to remove things. Um. <laughs> okay, how about okay. 19? All right. Oh. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> All right. I would have. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I would have rather seen Bogey's journey. I really would have. That would have been great. I believe Matt will be doing the excellent adventure. Excellent. Oh, no. Matt is going to be. Oh, sweet. Oh, you got two movies in a row, Matt. Damn. The dice do not like you. It's all right. I, I've been, I've been uh, very light recently, so I deserve it. Have you been really? <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh, you did Tailspin, though. That was like Tasmanian five Tailspin. episodes ago. More than five. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a hot minute. That was a while back, yeah. That was like eight episodes ago, so I'm more than due. Fair enough. On a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we will be watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But next time... Unamazingly Terrible, we'll be watching the 1974 animated movie Jack and the Beanstalk.
Oh, I'm excited. It looks trippy as fuck. As am I. As am I, yeah. This is like a... This is Dave. Crazy shit. This is know. David's pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Any final jokes we want to make before we leave this podcast coil? I'm just going to close with uh, you say Noijatat. I say yes, Jatat. Noijatat. Yes, Jatat. Yes, Jatat. Yes, Jatat. Yes, Jatat. Yes, Jatat. No, Jatat. Oh, you went to Jatat. <laughs> I see a little figure of a man. Scarabouche, scarabouche. <laughs> scarabouche, scarabouche. Could you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning. Can you use fandango? No. Very, very frightening me. Galileo. 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 Magnifico. We're so, um, we're so off. Neither of us are singing the same words. Well, <laughs> No. Well, I, and I, the thing is, like, I actually know that song from uh, Weirdo Yankovic, so I always sing it to, like, a polka tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oompa, um, oompa, oompa, pa. Oompa dee doo. What if they did Pirates of Dark Weather, but it was it's all in a, in a uh, instead of a, like, post-apocalyptic. It was a musical. Yeah, it, it was a polka verse. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a rock opera. Yeah, rock opera. That would be great. Polka rock opera. Rock opera. Polka rock opera. I like it. So this is how we would reboot it. Okay. Nice. Excellent. Let's start writing this down. With a polka verse? We can send it off. We can start sending it off to David Kishner. Yeah. What would be the bad guy in the polka verse? It would be like swing music. Like, oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of swingers. Ugh. Oh well, God. well, his name is Bloth, right? In this one, yeah. So, uh, would be the swing version of Bloth. Uh, Bluth. Bluth. <laughs> John Bluth. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Don, Cherry popping Blothies. Cherry bet popping Bluthies. Jerry popping. Jerry Cherry popping Bluthies. No, go with Jerry popping. They're always killing that guy, Jerry. Well, the good news is that David Kushner is still around. And it looks like he's actually still making shit, too. Whoa. So we can pitch this to him. Yeah, I, rec- I recognize that name. All right. For the monkey birds of Mer, I have been Adam. Uh, uh, for a, uh, uh, fuck. <laughs> Come back to me. For a fuck, he's been mad. For a fuck, he has been mad. <laughs> For the screaming spiders of Arachnid Island, I've been David. <laughs> oh, yes. damn it, you took nice. the thing. Nice. For seven rows, I've been dirt. For a cocoon Seth full of jewelry, red. I've been mad. There we mm, go. Like nice. a scrotum. Nice. <laughs> okay, and we're out. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. What do you think Noijita? Oh, oh, what, okay. <laughs> what do you think it really means? 
Norwegian tops? Yeah. Probably something racist. Does fucking it mean, a? Like fucking, fucking, it fucking vagina a. spasms? Well, I hear them using Jatatan as a uh, separate curse. Oh, yeah. So, like, Norwegian would be like, what the fuck? I think is actually what that means then. Because Jatatan could be like fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Jatat is fuck. Hey, man, Definitely this one fuck. time, me and this girl, we were totally Jatat. The versatility of it all. Jatat, yeah. We. I jatotted. Jatot, yeah, bro. I jatotted. Yeah. I jatotted her right in the dark water. Okay. Nothing.